What's up, guys? It's Cody from the Kayfabe Report. This week, it's just me and Steve. Uh, we're going to talk about how Glamazon thought about the Glam- or the Glamazon. Jesus. Wow. Way to start the intro, Cody. Uh, Beth Phoenix talks about the Glamazon gimmick. Uh, different injuries that have happened across 30, uh, TakeOver 30. And different match stipulations that got added last minute to the SummerSlam card. Plus, our review of TakeOver 30, all that, and more here on the Kayfabe Report podcast. Thank you for listening to the Three Count Wrestling Podcast, a podcast made by fans for fans. Join me, the Professor Cody Wilson, and stunning Steve Krasniak for news, general topic discussions, predictions, and reviews here on the Light Blue Podcast Network. And now, here's me. Thanks, me, for that awesome intro. What's up, Steve? How you doing this week, buddy? Uh, still kind of trying to wake up. I, I kind of got to watch uh, 30 late last night, so I was kind of halfway through. I was kind of drifting in and out of consciousness. Mm-hmm. I know that feeling for take, that The main event was... Well, we'll get to that. We'll, yeah. we'll get to that in our review. But, um... First, we're going to talk about some news. Um... So, I don't know, we talked about this last week, about Sonya Deville and her, um... Incident there. Yeah, alleged kidnapping. And I say alleged because now there's a court case involved with it. And if you haven't seen the pictures yet of her in the courtroom, holy... She is scared for her life about this fan. Yeah, I've seen the pictures and she looks terrified, and I found out, I'm sure you're probably going to touch on this too, that apparently Mandy Rose was also in the house. Yeah, that was that was a weird um, coincidence type thing, because it, here's how I look at that. You had your SummerSlam opponent in the same house with you. <laughs> Why? I mean, I know they they were real friends, and they hang out and shit, and obviously they weren't expecting this to happen, so obviously who was going to know that they were hanging out? It just unfortunately happened to happen when she was over there hanging out with her friend. Right, but at the same time, it's kayfabe, like, well, well, this is what we are, the kayfabe report, we're trying to keep it all legit. Oh, that got blown out of the water years ago. Yeah, a lot more on the water years ago, but it's like you you want to try to we're trying to keep it as legit as possible with all yeah. the real news stories, like not like trying to go on rumor and innuendo. But oh, yeah. why why screw this up? Why have your SummerSlam opponent in the fucking house with you? To be fair, look what match it is anyway. So yeah. well, see that. Here we go. That's a good segue, Steve. Um, some new match stipulations have been added to certain matches already for SummerSlam. Please tell me the street fight's going to be an eye for an eye. If only. I Honestly, I wish, but it's not <laughs> happening that way. Um, instead of it being a hair versus hair match for Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, it's going to be no DQ and loser leaves WWE. I could do. I could add something to that, but we did that enough last week. I'll go right ahead. The loser goes to Raw Underground. You, you son of a bitch! Sleazy, that one was for you, buddy. Uh, yeah. So that 
kind of puts my prediction a little bit in jeopardy because we all thought that Sonya Deville was going to win or lose. I still think she is. But okay, but you now you put the stipulation on of loser leaves WWE. Not loser leaves SmackDown, loser leaves WWE. So yeah, does how- go down to NXT? Yeah, but how many times in the past have we seen loser leaves insert promotion here and within like two years they're back in said promotion or six months down the line probably they're doing that usually because of a contract thing. Well, let's see here. The last one that I can remember was Hardy, Jeff Hardy and CM Punk in the Steel Cage in 2010. Yeah, that's true, because they used to actually do more of that back then than they do now. Yeah. And but, Hardy was gone, though, for till 34, till WrestleMania 34. Huh, I don't know, I mean... So that, that was a pretty long time he was gone. Right, because I don't see Mandy going because of the thing with Otis. Right, that's what I'm looking at. But at, at the same time, since you've now put the moniker of Leave WWE, is it do you let Sonya lose and put her down at NXT because it's technically not WWE, it's NXT? I I don't know. It's it's a weird it's a weird concept. It still doesn't make me care for the match anymore, but I mean Well, it does a little bit for me because now it's like what are they gonna do? That's about the only reason why I'm now interested. Yeah. Or have Sonya leave and have her be a part of Retribution now? Like, I Oh, guess. I just thought of something stupid. Oh, please do tell. There's no okay. stupid answers here, by the way, Steve. It's just- oh, no, 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 no. Mandy loses. Otis gets so upset, he goes to Vince and begs Vince to keep her, and he's willing to give up his briefcase to do so. No. Bad, Steve. Bad. It's so stupid for WWE standards. Don't tell me you can see that happening, too. It's not like, don't see that not happening. It's just, no. I'd rather not. Oh, neither would I, because I still want Mr. Otis in the bank to win a title. But that's just We my still position. have to... We still have to figure that out. There's, we have so, there's so many different ways that it could happen. We're never gonna guess when it's gonna happen. It's just gonna happen one day. All right. But uh, also, the fiend Braun Strowman match is now false count anywhere. Oh, when did they switch all this up? Uh last night. Uh, it was breaking news. Huh. Both these matches. That. Falls coming kind of over that. This makes that even a bit more interesting. I still think Alexa Bliss is getting involved somehow. Well, now that it's Falls Count Anywhere, Alexa is definitely going to be involved in this stupid segment. Yeah, that this big red flag. It's yeah. Now it's like, well, now there's a chance of Alexa Bliss involvement. Now that they switched it to Falls Count Anywhere. There's a hundred percent chance she's going to be involved in that. I'd be more shocked if she's not involved. 
I mean, yeah, I can see that. It, it, it. I honestly think she's going to help Fiend retain the universal title. Oh, so do I. Um, yeah, so there's that for all the SummerSlam stuff, but going on to uh, more of what happened last night, uh, commentator for NXT Beth Phoenix goes on after the bell and discusses how she uh, was brought up the Amazon or Glamazon gimmick and how she was initially reluctant to use it. So, uh, WWE's podcast After the Bell with Corey Graves, she was a guest on it, and she told her story and her side of the whole Glamazon gimmick. Um, she said, after she broke her jaw, she was floundering in OVW and trying to find what the next thing was. I was, like, constantly coming in with different costumes and gimmicks and just trying to find something that stuck. And it just, I was struggling, right? So I heard this word on Sex and the City, the Glamazon, and I heard the word that word used. A gla- what? Whoever wrote this is just did not do it justice. Um, yeah, whatever. But she was like, oh man, I want to have a moniker. I need a moniker like The Rock or The Ninth Wonder of the World. So I just went and stitched Glamazon. You know? Got letters from Michaels and sewed it on my butt. And I'm like, maybe if I can just create this character from scratch, I wasn't given an opportunity to really build the character, but I'm just going to try. Right. So she worked at OVW with that on her butt, referenced it a little bit, and when she came up to WWE on the live events, uh, Candice Michelle just won the Women's Championship. If you all remember that little bit of tidbit information that Candice Michelle's a former Raw Women's Champion. Pepper's Farm remembers. Barely. <laughs> she was working on the live events to get experience, and they brought in myself and a couple other girls in rotation on the weekends to try to help Candice progress. So, okay. Whatever. So she's telling her story, pretty much how she got up onto the main roster. Right. And... So they thought that she would be a great next opponent for Candace to go for the title. Uh, they pitched vignettes. There was no plan. Um, and I, she had a tag match and wore tights that said Glamazon. They said, we're not going in that direction. Take off, take all that off your gear. You're not the Glamazon. And they're like, okay. So they didn't even like it to begin with, which is great. That's right. fantastic. Uh, while they were on the road with her and Candice, uh, William Regal and Arn Anderson got in the ring, and they saw us try a couple different things, and they saw the dynamic there. And they saw that I could do some power moves and stuff like that, so they're like, well, what if you built the match like this? And Regal really helped me a lot, and Arn helped me a lot. And Candice was so game to do anything, like, I beat the holy hell out of her, and she was like, come on, bring it. She just felt that real special connection and chemistry there. So we had some live event matches, and just we were surprised everybody. I, I, they, she pretty much says she surprised everybody in the back and everything, um, because the bar for women's matches had been so low for so long. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially by two thousand five, two thousand six. Remember that was two thousand five, two thousand six. She won the title. Yeah. Um. 
And they just kept on bringing her back in for weekends. And and then they're like, so they pretty much did it as, so you're going to be the Glamazon. They made it so that it was their idea, not hers. Of course. So that's the way she uh, presents the story, which is fantastic. But that's classic WWE for you. Don't know how to book somebody, so they just... Whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, even when when I was seeing Beth on the independent circuit there, she was basically doing kind of almost the same stuff she did did in WWE. Really? Yeah, I think she was just one by the name Phoenix, though. Okay, I could see that. But yeah, she was still kind of, you know... The strong lady doing the, um, basically what she did in WWE. Right. Besides, you know, the whole get up and whatever she did with her hands like a crown or whatever. And, uh, before we talk about this week in WWE, um, we have a couple injury reports to recognize before we go in. Uh, last night at TakeOver 30, the new NXT champion. Yeah, I still don't want to talk about that. Is injured with a, with a soldier, soldier, shoulder injury. Say that three times fast. Um, oh, so he's probably going to get the title taken away from him. It's career-threatening, is what they're going with. Oh, I wonder... I, I don't even remember how that could have happened because that match, I was so... Well, we'll I was like... Yeah. We'll get into that later, but... Um, yeah, he has a... What was it? I'm going to go to the actual injury. The carrying cross. If you see him holding the title above his wife or girl, fiance, or whatever the hell she is, um, which, by the way, lucky man, um... Tell me about it. Um, you can see his sh- his shoulder is uh, his right shoulder is uh, lower than usual mm-hmm. when he holds the title up at the end. Um, so apparently he separated his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. There, he's set to go under an MRI to get a better injury. Um, Triple H noticed um, that he was a tough son of a bitch to have cross, to have Lee on his shoulder and everything like that to do shit. Yeah. But uh, it was just... It, it was just... I don't know. The the thing is, we'll, again, we'll get into that later in the review. But um, also, Tommaso Ciampa coming back from in somewhat of an injury from in your house, I think, is when his last match was against Karrion uh, Cross. Yeah, against Karrion Cross of all people. Um, he'll be back. Oh, there it is. No details provided for the Cross injury. Um. 
What the hell kind of joint is that? I wouldn't even know. Separate, separated, I'm going to look this up. Acromyro Everkelier joint? Those are fancy doctor terms. Oh, that's a fancy joint. Let's let's uh, look what that is up in Google real quick. That is oh his AC joint. So oh yeah he how bad he could be fucked. My whereabouts is it? I know the shoulder, but like. Where? So, um, hmm. So, so where your shoulder, like, connects, it's a, it's a joint and a ligament. Ew. Is what he separated. Ew. Yeah, he, it, it, it's like the top bone of your shoulder, Ooh. and right in the middle of it is a muscle and a joint, and it looks like that's what he separated. He's fucked. How? You know what? Good on him for continuing the match, but... Oh. He's a retard. And I don't mean that in any derogatory sense of the word, but he is stupid for continuing on if that hurt that bad. Adrenaline had to be a huge factor. Holy crap. There's no, from what I, like I said, we'll get to that later, but from what I can remember watching it, I don't. And the fact that that was his, he, he still, he still went up to the second rope and did that Doomsday Sato. The end of, yeah. Suplex. And still did that with a hurt, with a, with a separated AC joint. Yeah. Holy shit. Bad on him. I'm going to say that right now. Bad on him. He should have... If he knew his soldier... His shoulder was hurt, he should have stopped the match and let T-Tweet pin him. But it could have been one of those things, like I said, the adrenaline. I've, I've known wrestlers that they get hurt bad and they don't realize it till after the match is over. Holy hell. I can't I can't believe that. Oh my god. Wow. Wow. He honest my opinion, he's stupid for doing it. Stupid is stupid does. I have no fucking idea how to explain hey, that. I, Jesus. Well, were, there, what, were there any other injuries at 30? Uh, no, that was the only one of note because he just won the fucking title. Yeah. Oh my god. And for something like that to happen, you've only been in the company two months. Three months. You win the title. You're pushed to the moon. And now you fucked yourself. Yep. Oh my god. Anywho, 
Well, that's it for news. So we'll go into the the week of WWE. Um, uh, be, but before we go into that, uh, just a quick shout out and congratulations to Mr. Brody Lee of becoming the new TNA champion over on AEW. Now I could actually say I know a champion in AEW. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, apparently it was a squash match on Dynamite that went head-to-head with TakeOver. Um, yeah, it's... That was... Uh, it was a weird match, apparently. Yeah, I had no idea, honestly, it was even going on. So, uh, this week in WWE... Where do you want to start? Do you want to start on Raw, or do you want to go straight to the Thunderdome? Let's work our way to the gigantic Guess Who arena. Okay. So, Monday, obviously, they had Bailey and Sasha and everybody there. Um, They had the weird team of Asuka and Shayna Baszler versus the two of them. Which, honestly, it worked well. Surprisingly, uh, I think they're. T- I think they don't know what to do with Basler right now, so I think they're using her as kind of a tweener. Well, I think they're using Basler in the Kyrie Sane role because Kyrie Sane left for right now. Yeah, that's. You know what I mean. Until Io Shirai comes up, then yeah. Yeah, I guess it. I don't know. I kind of want to keep all the. I don't think there should be a faction of Asian women. It's WWE, you know how they are. I know, but it is what it is, I guess. Um, also, Shawn Michaels came back, told Randy Orton that he was a prick, pretty much, for putting Ric Flair in the face. Oh, you mean the old dude from Home Alone? Yeah. Because <laughs> after he got punk kicked, he looked like that old dude with the shovel from Home Alone. Well, here's the thing, after that punk kick, he took he, he sold that the worst out of everybody. Of course, it's Shawn Michaels, what do you expect? He's the king of overselling slash no-selling. Well, you're not wrong there. Uh, speaking of which, 15th anniversary of SummerSlam 05, please go watch that main event match between Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan. It is the best match you'll ever see in your life. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic, but it's still a good match. Um, I- Best we beat absolute fucking worst, but you'll laugh throughout the whole thing. If you're looking for straight entertainment, watch that match. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you had Drew McIntyre pretty much run his mouth against Orton. Orton ran his mouth against Drew. Orton is sneaking around the arena, but you'll never see it coming with the RKO. It's whatever. Their match at SummerSlam will possibly deliver. I can't wait to see it tonight. And yes, we recorded on Sunday night, so you guys will not be hearing the SummerSlam review also this Tuesday. It will be SummerSlam review the next week. So there's that on the scheduling program. But it Raw this week, especially Raw Underground, was so weird. I was just like, okay, it wasn't a strong showing, but at the same time, it was, it was okay. It wasn't like the best raw. This raw underground thing, I don't see it lasting that long. I really don't. Well, after you idiots started putting in the universe the raw underground championship, there's been rumors going around that that might be a thing. Oh, I'm not surprised. So yay us. Um. 
<laughs> it's whatever. Uh, NXT this week was from Full Sail University. Uh, I think it will continue to be from Full Sail going forward. I don't think NXT will be doing the Thunderdome. Because yeah, I don't, see, I don't see NXT doing the Thunderdome style stuff. Yeah, and that was that was weird too because it's like Takeover was at Full Sail, and Raw, SmackDown, and every pay per view going forward for WWE will be in the Thunderdome. Well, for the next couple months because that's how long they have the lease for. But there's no, you know, you can always update the contract. I mean, for for Takeover thirty. I know their takeovers they usually try to go to the bigger arenas like the Barclays Center and yeah. wherever. But for it being number thirty and that's something special, so why not have it where you've always had NXT where it started? Yeah. Which I'm okay with. Yeah. But um Yeah, it NXT this week was good showing unopposed. It was the qualifying matches for the, which we'll get into later. A um, couple more, or another match was added to that takeover due to the qualifying matches. Uh, what else happened? Uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Rhea Ripley is a tag team now going up against Robert Stone's whole faction, which is fine by me. I wonder if Shotzi Blackheart's equipment or ring gear ever got returned back to her yet. They, they, found, they found it and it got returned to her, which was a problem. Oh, they did? Okay. Yeah. Um, the Keith Lee build-up, that, that's what sucked. This week on NXT is that the the, the, the the build for Keith Lee and Killian Cross was uh, just a hype package. There was They were not in the thing. Yeah, so, that whole storyline we'll get to later. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. But, um... NXT was pretty good in, in, in case of, you know, they set up a couple, they set up another match for TakeOver, which was interesting. I thought the Rhea Ripley match was going to happen at TakeOver 2, but I guess I was wrong on that. Yeah, um, they usually don't do a lot of matches at TakeOver anyway. They do about 5 to 6, depending on who's all on the show. Yeah. Um, what else? Adam Cole, Pat McAfee's hype package was getting better. Yeah. Adam Cole telling Pat he was going to make him a bitch, which was great. Um, did you recognize any of those other three NFL players? Not at all. Yeah. It, it would have been different if he would have came with somebody that people would have recognized, but we just had to assume that they were all NFL people. They probably uh, were, but probably people that hardly ever see play. Yeah, like him. Um, <laughs> Pat McAfee's promo delivery is what I want to touch on right now. Okay. He acts like a fucking cartoon character. Yeah, but I've heard like old um, interviews he's done, and I mean, he's always been that way. Like, when he's talking to someone, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's, like, pumping himself up like he's going to fight them. He had a mic in his hand. He was literally being a cartoon compared to every other friggin' professional wrestler that's ever walked in that ring. I mean, you obviously seen his outfit from last night. I mean, yeah, that was... 
somewhat ridiculous again, but I guess it is what it is. Right. My my favorite part is that there was security that came in, and four security guards got the shit kicked out of them by Adam Cole. Right. And I'm just like, okay, so you've made Adam Cole strong as hell, made Pat McAfee look like a bitch heel, and now we're going to be excited about Adam Cole kicking Pat McAfee's ass? Like, we didn't need more reason to? Right, like, we didn't need more of a a reason to be excited to want to watch Pat McAfee get his ass handed to him. It is what it is, I guess. But that that was okay, I guess. And, yeah, NXT just, it, it was good build, unopposed. I'll, I'll say that. It was it was good, unopposed. Right. If it, if it had Dynamite opposed it, uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what to call it. Yeah. It could have been a good match, or a good, a good show. And now we're going to SmackDown. As Steve put it, the big-ass guess who guessing board. Right, I'm like, does he have a hat? No, and then a bunch of the things go out. Mm-hmm. It's like, I get it. I'm trying to still bring the fan interactions. Do I want to know how to be one of the ho- people in there? Yes, I do. Um, oh, it's a simple, it's a simple uh, submission. Just note that if you do anything inappropriate, the WWE's deems inappropriate, you will be subject to fines. Well, I know that. I wasn't going to act like a giant douche nozzle, but... Well, no, not like act like a giant douche nozzle. It's just, um, no mention of Chris Benoit. I kind of figured that. Uh, no mention of... Who else? There was there was another one that they didn't want mentioned. I, maybe Owen Hart, I think. I can't remember. Uh, I probably wouldn't, like, mention, like, you reference any of that, do any stupid gang signs. Right. Like, I, was, I, I would wear, like, a plain t-shirt. Right. Um, there were some funny moments, I will say that. Uh, one guy was sleeping. Was he really? Oh, yeah, he was sleeping through the entire, almost the entire show. Um, another person had a teddy bear stand-in. I see that. I'm thinking, oh, we're doing Ted 4 now. Uh, we kind of have to because it was said that if you do not have, if you were not at your seat for a long period of time, yeah. you were booted and then it goes to the next person waiting in line to show up on the screen. Really? Yeah. Like, there's a whole system in place so that they can keep live fan interaction going. I mean, I noticed, because I did notice every now and then some spots were, like, blacked out for a bit. Yeah. Um, what else? Also, the cameras are, the the, the fans viewing is about seven to eight seconds delayed comparative to uh, what we watch on TV. Mm. So that when you see those screens black out on TV, they were doing something what they're to be deemed inappropriate and just never. But uh, also, can't wear AEW merchandise. Well, I figured that much. I don't know why. What's wrong with that? 
is WWE. They don't want you promoting anybody else's product but theirs. Right, which I understand. But at the same time, you also have to think about it. It's like, does it really matter? <laughs> do you, do, you guys are letting people in with NWO. I honestly don't. It's it's whatever. Oh, God. But, on to SmackDown. Man introducing everybody into the Thunderdome, and then the Fiend! I'm like, okay, so the Fiend's going to choke out Vince McMahon. Right. And that didn't happen. Which was a little disappointing. Strowman comes out. They're about to fight. Then Retribution hits! And Fiend just goes, <laughs> on your own! Bye. It phases out. Awesome. Um. Then Retribution kicks the shit out of Braun Strowman. The whole SmackDown team comes down. Um. Yeah. And it was interesting too to see both men and women fighting Retribution because there are men and women Retribution. I think this Retribution thing is gonna start. More coming to light. We're gonna figure out who it is closer to uh, Survivor Series. You think Survivor Series? Yeah, because it, the, the, I, the, I can almost see it being Retribution versus WWE in a Survivor Series elimination match. I could see that. I could see them doing that. That'd be interesting. Um, what else? Oh, I don't know if anybody caught this, and. I caught this at the very end. So the the SmackDown team runs Retribution off, and they run into the back into the audience. Um, at the very end, you see Miz, like after some of them have already run into the audience, you see Miz coming from the entranceway into the ring. Yeah. What? Why was Miz so late to the party? Could be multiple things. It could be just something for us to speculate on. Like, is he a member of Retribution? Or did he just arrive too late, got ready, and ran out? Well, no, he wasn't even in his clothes. He was in street clothes. So he probably either... Either it's part of Retribution, and that's what he was wearing under these, or he literally had just got there. Right, and that that that's what I'm thinking, is that I think that... I'm thinking he's retribution. Period. Because how else would they have gotten to the Thunderdome? How else would they have known to not stay at the PC Performance Center? It's going to be interesting when they finally reveal who retribution is. Because I can guarantee right now the people that are probably doing the attacks are probably a bunch of nobodies until they get ready to reveal who actually is going to be retribution. Which is what it is. There are a bunch of stand-ins right now until further notice. Like I noted, uh, pointed out a couple weeks beforehand, I'm thinking there's at least going to be one African-American descent, um, you know, retribution member, but then it's like, oh, there are a whole bunch of stand-ins. So you're just going to let a bunch of, if, if that's the case, you're just going to let a bunch of white people possibly stand, like become retribution when a couple of them were different um, ethnicities. No, I, I still see them sticking to having, you know, 
mo- like a couple different minorities, a couple of African descent, I can maybe s- like a hodgepodge of different ethnicities and whatever. Right. Because, well, if it wasn't the world we live, I'm not going to get into that, but anyway. Right. It is what it is. But yeah. then, after the SmackDown team runs whole off retribution, Braun Strowman just goes ape shit on everybody. Because Braun Strowman has had enough of everybody's chicken strips. Apparently. He just, he doesn't care. And I love it. it it's like, he straight up just wants to beat up the fiend, and I'm okay with that. Right. Oh, boy. And then, what else? Oh, apparently there was a beat-the-clock challenge between Bailey and Sasha with Naomi in the middle of it, of all people. Whoever beat Naomi the the quickest, I think is how I... Yeah, whoever beat Naomi the quickest goes second against Asuka. I still think the right way to do that match to consolidate time, which I know they're not gonna, is, like, after the... Whoever's gonna fight Asuka first, whoever wins or loses that match, should be, like, a two out of three false thing. They should go out, have, like, a 30-second, you know, cooldown, and then the other one come in, because you know they're gonna come out together anyway. Right. And th- that's going to be the problem. Is I think I think Oscar will be walking out with one title. I know that for sure. I'm just not sure which title she's going to walk out with. Yeah, yeah, that's good point. Do we keep what Sasha's rec- a miraculous record of not really defending the title, or do we finally take it off of Bailey? Which I don't know now. With Shayna Baszler tapping out Bailey. Right. Are they going to let her try to take it off of Bailey and just give Asuka back her title? Also, we have one week of build between now and Payback, which is a fantastic idea. That's so fucking stupid. It's like, we can't even do a proper review on it because we don't even friggin' know. Right, because we're not going to do... I'm going to flat out say this right now. There's no way we're doing a review of Payback. Or we reaction, or, yeah, or prediction. Yeah. yeah. We might do a reaction or something, but that's about it. Because there's no feasible way for us to, unless if we knew what was going on ahead of time, which we don't. Yeah, there's only one match scheduled, well, not even a scheduled, it's just been announced that Bailey and Sasha will defend the, sma- or the, the women's tag team titles on that show. No opponents announced yet, no nothing. Yeah, it's just just gonna be a hodgepodge of rushed shit. Oh yeah, it's gonna be bad. But um, yeah, it's wow. <laughs> this whole thing is gonna get screwed up bad. Yeah. So with that, before we go into the takeover review, here is a word from our sponsor this week, Anchor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. Who doesn't want to who doesn't want to do stuff for free? The creation tools uh, that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. How simple is that? Can't do anything better than that. 
Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That means you can have zero listeners and still be able to try to make money. That is so cool. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now, back to the podcast. Anchor.fm Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. So, we're going to be talking about TakeOver 30. Um, that was a weird event. <laughs> yeah, it was, but it was surprisingly okay. Was it, though? Like, I guess we'll we'll talk about it once we do it. But, um, yeah, it... So, we're going to talk about each match individually. We're going to do it in match order. Match if you won last. Just because I want to make sure that everybody understands where I'm coming from on the Pat McAfee situation. Um, the pre-show match, uh, I don't know if you caught that or not. It was a triple threat match, or triple threat tag team match for number one contendership for Imperium's NXT tag team titles. Uh, it was... Phantasmo's fucking stable versus... Uh, Breezango, or Febreze, as I like to call him. And, um, who else? Who was the other tag team? Who was the third tag team? Oh, Orny, or, Orny Lord Logan and, um, I can't remember their name. But, but uh, yeah, I didn't even watch it. I don't bother with the pre-show if I can help it. Yeah, Breezango actually came out on top, so they're number one contenders. Oh, I'm not surprised. Um, and then we go into the main show. First match, Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher. If I could have this pumped into my bloodstream today, yes. I would. That was such a great technical clinic. Oh, yeah. I was like, back when I was a kid, I wouldn't have appreciated it. But now that I know better, that match was so great on so many different levels. Oh, yeah, agreed. That, that a lot of people aren't going to get it. Right, and it, it told a good story, too. Like, Finn did injure his leg in the um, qualifying match to get into the ladder match, which didn't happen thanks to Timothy Thatcher. Um, good chain wrestling start. It was There was a good uh, reversal switch into a commercial com- block, which I thought was nice. Yeah, just the submission game, the grappling game in general was so on point in that match that it, it was it was something. Oh, yeah. It was great. Um, There was a huge, loud chop that got trans- or transitioned into a Pele kick. That Pele kick, though. Oh. Right. Talk about um, going night-night. Thatcher. It, if Thatcher gets a character, like a, a gimmick, with and can produce good technical wrestling with this, he will go far in the company. He will be, and I I will not say this probably about any other wrestler, I can see him being top dog in five years. Yeah, I could see that, or like the top mid-card guy. Right, like top like top mid-tier, like mid, higher mid-card, lower main event card type thing. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a great match. I thought it was good technical wrestling, good mission style by Thatcher. 
Uh, Finn Balor went for the, t- the Crew de Gras not once but twice. He got on the second time, not the first. Um, and I, I don't. Under- the only thing that I didn't understand about the match was why Balor went from the Coup de Gras to the 1916. Is the 1916 his part, like his it, all-time finisher, or it's? I think back when he actually just won by Prince David. That was oh. his thing. But ever since he came back to NXT. It seems like the coup de gras has been his signature. He does finish it matches from time to time with it, but the nineteen sixteen DDT has been his. Okay, that makes sense. His finisher since he's came back to NXT. Right. Okay. Um. Out of ten, what would you rate this match? Nine. Nine out of ten. Yeah. Uh, I will have to agree with you on that. I liked it. It was a good opener. Uh, it was it was a good it was a very good match, honestly. Yeah, it was. Uh, next match, the ladder match for the vacant NXT North American Championship. Here's how we got here, folks: four triple threat matches. For five people, which makes no sense, right? Well, what happened was that the first triple threat match was that Dexter Loomis won it, and I almost guarantee he was going to be the next NXT North American champion if he wasn't injured. Probably. Um, I can just see a bunch of spots now with him in that match, just not, like, accepting the pain. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so Timothy or uh, Timothy Thatcher, uh, Dexter Loomis is out due to an ankle injury. So then the next two triple threat matches were Damian Priest and what was the other kid's name? Reed Bronson or something like that. Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed. Uh, they qualify. So now Gargano and Finn Balor both have gripes about not being in the ladder match because they pinned. Okay. So, Regal sets up two qualifying matches after this next triple threat match, because now, why not? And Dream comes back, and now he's qualified. So, now you have, or no, Dream didn't qualify, he lost. Who who did who beat Dream to qualify? Grimes? I don't honestly remember. Eh. Yeah, it had to be Grimes, because that's the only way I could think of him coming. Yeah, because then Gargano and whoever and Dream and Balor are going to qualify. Um, and then they had the two singles matches. Gargano won his, won his, so now there's your... Um, coming into this match, I honestly thought that it was either going to be Priest or Reed. I thought either Bronson Reed... Or, um, honestly, Cameron Grimes. Really? But there was a couple times in that match you can clearly tell that dude wasn't supposed to grab the bell. Like, you're telling me when Dream was up there about to dive off when he smacked the belt, he couldn't have grabbed it? Come on. That was funny. I thought that was There was more than one occasion where that... I was like, oh, this guy's clearly not meant to win or not meant to win yet. Right. Um, I, I loved I loved all the attires. 
from everybody. I love the band band attire on Bronson. That was that was a good tribute. I love that. Um, Bronson Reed using Damian Priest and knock the fuck out of Johnny Gargano. <laughs> or that friggin' Sunset Flip power bomb. Yeah, that Gargano did to Grimes. I was like, oh. He didn't yeah. catch that ladder flush. He caught the edge. He caught the edge, but if he would have caught that ladder flush, he would have bounced six feet in the air. Right. Um, Bronson bringing Dream in with the ladder. That was funny. No, you want to talk about funny. Bronson Reed jumping off the ladder with Candles LeRae on his back. <laughs> that was scary. That was scary as shit. You know what I thought he was actually going to do? What? Uh, a senton. Really? I, uh, oh, I thought that would have killed Candace, I think. I think that would have killed her. Probably, but I was like, wait a minute, is he really going to do a senton and squish this poor little girl? I, you know, I thought the same thing, and I'm like, please don't do it, please don't do it, please don't do it. I don't want to be witness to a homicide. Right? Um, There was a funny spot with Cameron Grimes, he was going up two ladders, and then Priest and, Bron- and Bronson. Uh, or no, Priest and Dream drag him apart, and he's, like, split across the ladder, and then he just, like, rips Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was great. Uh, Johnny using his speed the entire time. Oh, my God, he was, he was, he was a nice bump around, that was for sure. That, that match was really well done. I was actually surprised on who won it. Good for him, though. It's just, I'm, I really thought they were giving it to Bronson Reed the most, uh, out of anybody in there. Oh, yeah. There was a good Tower of Doom spot. I thought that was a very nice use of it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Because you always um, get to see one of those in a big man match like that. Right. The one where it was, and I like that, because it was a powerbomb to a German suplex to a, a superplex. Super yeah. Which I thought was great. That was a great uh, combination there. Once Candice LeRae, though, showed up, I was like, she does not need There was no reason for her to be involved whatsoever. I thought it was stupid. Oh, you wanted to hear something stupid? I honestly thought she was going to climb the ladder and grab the belt. Oh, for Johnny? Yeah. Who better heel heat do you need than that, though? It's, And then I could see some dumb thing that's like, Johnny, that belt ain't yours. You didn't grab it. She did. Um, yeah, that sunset powerbomb to Grimes from Johnny Gargano that missed the ladder. You guys should have went hard for that spot. Um, there was a good there was a good momentum shift from Dream by Priest. Priest does his little springboard kick off the second rope, and he kicks Dream's foot, which makes Dream like almost flip. On the mat. Yeah, that was a good spot. And don't forget the spot where Velveteen Dream got yeeted into the... Uh, oh, where Dream went for a dream? <laughs> yeah, they they did... You want to see a wrestler disappear? Poof! Yeah, you want to see somebody, like, risk their life for this company? Go right ahead and watch that right there. That spot in particular. Yeah. Oh, my God. But Damien... Pre- that, that little ending spot with... Gargano, Grimes, and Priest. That was stupid. I didn't like that. Gargano throws the belt. They both duck, and when it comes back again for Gargano's face, Grimes looks up, gets up and hits hit in the back of the head. So down. 
You want to know what, to me, though, it's getting annoying with these ladder matches for stuff. They're doing it too much. The yeah. point where I think I know what you, you probably know what I'm going to say. Are there going, two guys going for either the belt, the briefcase, Buff Bagwell's mother, um, you name it. Yes, I had to throw that in. Um, and then you have a struggle for it, and then whoever lets go of it, they're doing that way too much. Yeah, that part now. I mean, I will give them credit, though. The last two times a spotlight that was given, it was creative. I will say that. Oh, it was. Don't get me wrong, but they're doing it way too much. Oh, yeah, because they don't, they don't know how else to make a ladder match interesting anymore. Because it's being, it's being overdone way too much. Because now you have the Money in the Bank ladder match. You have the TLC ladder match. You have... You have a ladder match for the sake of a ladder match and takeover. It's like I get ladder matches. I get those two times a year, but you shouldn't oversaturate. It's like, what can we do with these guys? The the there's a belt on the line. Let's throw them in a ladder match. No, there's plenty of other options. It's man hell to sell. Fuck it. Um, bring back the Inferno match. Come on. No, that's got to be now called the Ring of Fire. Whatever. Um. Okay, so Pat McAfee and Adam Cole match and save that look for last because that should have been the main event, in my opinion. Yes, yeah, so but, it's right now, but... we'll 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 leave that for last. The next match we're going to talk about is Io Shirai versus Kyrie or Dakota Kai. Um, this was the beginning of the end for me. I yeah, same same. I did not care for this match. The hype package did not get me too care for this match. I'm sorry that I still see Dakota Kai as the cheerful, scared of Shayna Baszler, like Io Shirai said. She was was the baby face. I don't like her as a heel. I think she's just... I think in her, in, in my mind, she's trying to be a bitch to be a bitch. Right, but what? But my issue was it's I ended up watching Takeover probably after it was done, and I was so tired at this point that I was drifting in and out of sleep. <laughs> and see, not, no, if the match would excite you, you probably wouldn't have been drifting in and out of sleep. No, no, that's not it at all. I which is I was interested. I just couldn't stay awake. Oh, you just couldn't stay awake. I oh, tried. There's even a couple times where I paused it and took like a 10, 20 minute cat nap. Yeah, there was a there was a spot in the middle of the match or the beginning of the match where it was just like, what happened? Like there was like a, a sequence or something that they just not together on. With yeah. like she like did a backflip on like she did the Tajiri backflip elbow and missed it or whatever and I don't yeah. know what happened. Um, Kyrie, or, I keep on saying Kyrie. Dakota Kai, uh, was working different body parts of Ir Shirai. Perfectly fine with that. It shows that she can, you know, do different stuff. But it just, for whatever reason, these two characters, it's not that they're women, it's the fact that their characters do not excite me to want to be invested into the match. I always love Ir Shirai matches, but, yeah, her against Kai... It was 
I think Io Sh- no no knock on Dakota Kai, but I think Io Shirai does a lot better. Because look at her match at In Your House with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. She did amazing. Oh, that was a great match. But you also have to put in the perspective who was in that match. Right, and that's what I was getting at. It's like I know a lot, of, like even on the independent circuit, a lot of the guys will up their game or lower their game depending on who they're going against. I think Io, though, was just trying to do what she could, period, with yeah. what she was given, because let's look at the NXT roster real quick. Besides Rhea Ripley, who else do you see challenging? Well, I mean, yeah, or well, not yet, but I know once they come back, you got, you know, the likes of Tony Storm. Um, NXT UK. Yeah, but she does regular NXT stuff. They, they most... But I know NXT UK is coming back, so that's going to open up. I know sometimes the UK, NXT UK women cross over, same thing with the, other, the males, and right. the regular NXT, they kind of feed off each other. So that's going to open up, you know, more women, more tag team yeah, I, people. It's going to open up more things. Yeah, I can see that. Um... The Kai oversold that fucking palm strike. That was ridiculous. I think I don't stop there that because I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, Io Shirai gave her a palm strike, and Dakota Kai just went like like a, a plank board, just went wee onto the ground. Gotcha. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, Dakota Kai was not wasting any motion at all. She went for a submission, went for a pin, went back to a submission. You know, she was she was trying to get the win, which was something that I did. Uh, appreciate. Yeah. Um. The ref bump. This is what I want to talk about about this match. I did catch that. Why the fuck did that ref bump happen? There was no need for that to happen, but I get why they did that. It's because Dakota Kai is a heel. They wanted to get that lady involved. To try right. to do the move, why the EO. Why it happened? Like, do you understand why I'm asking why it happened? Oh, there was no fucking need for it. No, no, not that there wasn't a need for it. I'm okay with it being a need for it. It was dumb relief. Io Shirai stopped herself from hitting the ref. Dakota Kai sees that the ref is still up and running. Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Saw that kick coming a mile away. He should have been able to duck and just what the fuck? I don't know. And then after you know, obviously we know Io Shirai ended up winning, and then Rhea Ripley coming to Io Shirai's aid. Yeah, which I was not expecting. I wasn't expecting it, but then you see the ending shot before the main event is that Rhea Ripley in the entranceway looking at EO holding the championship and everything. So you you obviously know this is going to be a match down the line. Yeah, she wants her chance at her title back. Um, And then going to the main event. This is where I'm going to have to be honest with you, folks. I fell asleep through this match, and I, I hate admitting that because I would usually like try to rewatch the match, something like that. 
I cliff noted it because at this point I could not stay awake any longer. Right, and I tried cliff noting it, but I was like, I'm just gonna be honest. Um, what I I basically seen, you know, like the first few minutes, Cross and Keith going back at it. I seen about a little bit ways down after the first um back suplex type thing that Cross did that he fully kicked out of, and then. You know, the spirit bomb kick out. Yeah. And then Keith Lee going up top, which I thought he was going to go for an ultra spirit bomb. And then, yeah, I basically caught, you know, cross hitting the cross jacket. The soup, the first back, the the first back suplex, whatever he calls that one. Whatever. The doomsday suplex, I'll just call it for now. Yeah. And then him hitting that off the top rope. I, I'm i surprised they took it off only this soon. Are you... Okay, so here's here's my take from it. It was supposed to be a big hoss fight. It was supposed to be two semi-trucks going after each other at full-blown speed. And it kind of didn't seem like it from what I was able to it watch. Was, it was slow. I thought the build was yeah. slow. I thought the match, they never got into a second gear. It was so, it looked like it was almost one-sided after like the five minutes of the match. Because it looked like both him and Keith Lee were blown the fuck off. Yeah, it was, because by the time I got to that match in general, it was I think like twelve thirty one o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um... But- which is like already three hours after the show had aired, yeah. And um, I was just out of it at that point. I was like, I just, I'm just gonna see who wins, and then I'm done. Yeah, but he, they go for that second rope, Doomsday Suplex, hits, he or cross wins, and now he has an AC joint tear or separation, and is fucked to high heaven. So now, what's going to happen with the NXT title? It's going to be defeated, obviously. It's going to be some dumb tournament again. Which is going to suck. Because, right, you just basically took it off of your hottest NXT superstar right now. In Keith Lee. Since Finn Balor. You already had him vacate the North American title because he had two belts. Now you make him lose the NXT title after Adam Cole had it for almost, I think he had just over a year. 435 days. You have Keith Lee drop it in a matter of like a month or so? Come on. Great American Bash, he won it in the end of June, had it all in July, had it most of August. So, two months. But it's like, I think that was his first big defense. Uh, first big defense was against Dominic Chkovic. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because he defended both titles against him. Right, but I mean, they go from having a guy that's had it over a year to now your next hottest superstar in Keith Lee, just to have him drop it that quick. Right, but here's here's my argument. It, Adam Cole was the heel. Right. The there was no baby face tweener bullshit. Gargano had it for a month. 
He won it at the TakeOver before WrestleMania 35. And then lost it the next month to Adam Cole. I honestly hope that Keith Lee gets it back. Because I want to see him go on a run with this. I really do. But, again, back to that point. He's a ba- Keith Lee's a babyface. How long do you expect to have a babyface champion be a dominant champion without people start shitting on him? I'll give you a perfect example. Finn Balor, when he was NXT champion. People were starting to shit on him, though, when he was starting to face Samoa Joe. Oh, really? A little bit. You 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 necessarily couldn't hear it, but you could see it in like the comments and everything. That why is Balor so strong? Why is Balor put over so well? Blah blah blah. Blah. Um, and like, I didn't want to want Keith Lee to go on like a year long tear with it. At least like four six months. I just said, give it, keep, let him have it until at least the Mania takeover. It's like, at least let him have it for more than a couple months. I mean, come on. Right. But it is what it is. Right. Um, in my opinion, this might be their excuse to shove Keith Lee up on SmackDown. That's what I'm guessing, honestly, because... But now, with the injury, that could derail those plans. So, I don't know. Yeah. And now, on to the main event that should have happened. I'm going to outright say it before we even get into it. This match had no right, be it as good as it actually was. You, sir, can shut your whore mouth. I get it. It was a lot of basic shit. Basic? Fucking basic shit would have been better than this. I actually personally, and I know a few other people that are wrestlers that legitimately thought the same thing. I mean, yeah, Pat McAfee is an annoying little prick, but that backflip off the top rope into the springboard superplex pissed me off. That was really good. (laughs) Okay, here we go. This is the first argument we'll probably ever have on this podcast. I I honestly think that I'm obviously glad who won, and I love seeing the Panama Sunrise hit on him. But that match, to me, I knew it was going to be a sleeper match, and it had it was better than it had any right to be. Okay. This is a podcast. You can write in the review section, the comments, whatever. I don't give a fuck. But, I think this match was a pile of garbage. I thought this match was bullshit. I thought this match was fucking ridiculous. I thought this match was so goddamn far-fetched from the goddamn truth, it wasn't even funny. This oh, that part it was. That part it was. longer than it should have. This match was more drawn out than fucking Edge and Orton. Yeah, there are those, but I mean, if they would have kept it to like a five, ten minute. If they would have kept this to a five minute Adam Cole squash match, fine. I would have had it. Let Adam Cole get the slicks in. Let's not, let's not show Pat McAfee's athletic ability at all. Let's show him for the little prick that he is, an NFL punter who got maybe six hours of screen time on television in four years. Fuck him. I am, I am, I am so pissed off at this match. Like, so, Spencer gave it three and a half stars, or four stars. Oh, he gave it four stars. He gave the latter match four stars. 
Which I disagree with all the star ratings for the takeover, by the way. I never agree with them, to be honest. There's very few I've ever agreed with. versus Adam Cole should not have gone 15, 20 minutes. It should have been 10 tops. Let them tell the story that they did. And let's just get out of the way. But I personally enjoyed it. This whole match was nothing more than a Pat McAfee athletic show off. Oh, that I know. But I mean, I just, I don't know. You already knew how good Adam Cole was. Right. You didn't need him in this match to show off Pat McAfee's fucking skill. You could have had a jobber go up against Pat McAfee to show off his skill. You used Adam Cole, your longest reigning NXT champion, longest reigning champions in modern history of the WWE, against a fucking punter from the Indianapolis Colts. I don't know, there was just something about it that made me really enjoy the match that I just can't honestly explain. Well, I'm, I'm happy that you like the match. I'm, I'm actually that you have something to go off of, because fuck this match, is what I'm saying. It just had, like, a certain feel to it. Like, I won in with, like, the least amount of expectations going into this. Probably lower than what you were talking about now. And I just... It it was long and drawn out, yes. Would you like to know where I ranked this match? Like, in yes. all like celebrity matches? You want to know where I ranked this? I'm kind of interested. LT versus Big Show. Or LT versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Ew. Like, worse... Then Aki Bono versus Big Show. Yeah, that's that's bad. That's where I ranked this match in all-time celebrity matches because they did so many stupid fucking spots. Undisputed Era goes to the back. His his little posse comes out and starts fucking with Adam Cole. Okay, they stayed outside the ringside. Then Undisputed Era comes. Then they have security come. Then they. And then you see Pat McAfee's little bitch ass go in the ring, go to the top row, and do a spot. We knew there was going to be a spot because of how many people came out. And so- yeah, that's that, that's what I that's what I thought was I was like, oh, we're doing this. It's too big of a pile of people to not call McAfee something stupid. I I just Dude, you I, could do a fucking tumble off the top rope. Good for you. I just, even Adam Cole looked impressed with that backflip that he, when he landed on his feet. Like, it, that was, looked to me, looked like a genuine, like... Who wrestles at the same size and weight as Adam I bet you they all can do a fucking backflip and land on their I don't know, it's just like, there's, like I said, there's something about that match I can't explain, it. I just really enjoyed it. But nobody thought that Pat McAfee was going to take this seriously? Which he still did it by the presentation of the match. But th- then again, to uh, my only defense for him, this is my only one, that maybe that's what they were trying to get the image for him to look like. He was like, you know, I'm here, I'm not giving a shit, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, he actually might have. That's the, my only defense for Pat McAfee. Otherwise, I think he's a colossal piece of shit. 
way too much talking in this match. You can hear them talk to each other in this match, which was complete and utter stupidity. Oh, I, 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 I knew that was going to be a problem right away. Because the it, you got to think with not having hardly anybody in the audience, you could hear that shit a lot clearer now. With the oh, inexper- yeah. with the inexperience wrestling wise on McAfee's behalf, I knew Cole was going to carry this whole entire match, which he did. Um, I knew there was going to be a lot of instances where we were going to hear a lot of the shit. It there was too much showing off. Especially oh. Pat McAfee. And, and, oh, that was clear as day, yeah. Like, like, wait, wait, we keep on going back to that fucking backflip off the top rope. Okay, cool. You know, backflip off the top rope and does something that Shelton Benjamin does on a daily basis. Good for fucking you. True. My God. The funniest part of this whole match is when he goes for the kick and kicks the fucking steps. That's like, you know what? Karma. Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, I've I seen that. I'm like, oh, well, this match is over. Uh, I, I Just like, okay. And what really irritated me more is the finish. Adam Cole literally goes to him while he's sitting down and he's looking at Adam Cole. Eye contact. Complete eye contact, Adam Cole. And he looks at his knee. And he's about to get his knee down for the last shot. Yeah. And then, doesn't think anything of it about getting up, as he could perfectly, 100% vision, watch Adam Cole go to the corner, waiting for the Panama eyes. But this falls under the same category of any wrestler known to mankind when they're three-fourths away from the ri- in the ring and they know the guy ain't going to make that jump so they start rolling over for no particular reason right to the oh, right he's spot. already up, bent over, walking towards the fucking corner. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, I mean, that takes the cake. But in general, you know what I was getting at with the whole... It, that was the worst case. That definitely shows the inexperience. I was on McAfee's behalf. There's a way to make it look natural, and then there's that. Yeah, exactly. There's a way to make it look legitimate, and there's a way to pretty much shove it up every wrestling fan's ass. Yeah. It's annoying. It pisses me off. The fact that Pat McAfee even got this spot in the first place. Especially ah! against Adam Cole. And anybody besides Steve here, because he's a friend of mine, to anybody who sends this shit, I want you to message me personally, or message me on, on Facebook, or comment on Facebook, or whatever, and tell me, A, why I'm wrong, and B, go fuck yourself. Oh, this should be entertaining. I am, I am so goddamn upset about this match. That's, that's, that's obvious. It, highlights of this match. Adam Cole almost put McAfee in his place with five Good on him. The, the drop kick by McAfee, I will say that was a stiff-ass drop kick and he got some height on it. Him kicking the fucking steps. That was hysterical because he deserved it. 
That's it. Those are my highlights on this match. Everything else is just... It, it, I'm sorry if I sound like Jim Cornette at this point, but goddamn, there is a way to do it right, and there's a way to do celebrities right, but this is sure as hell not it. Yeah. Right, let's finish the podcast with an F. Mary Cow. God damn, I am pissed off. Oh, I could make it even worse if you let me pick. Go ahead. We're gonna do celebrities that were in a wrestling match. Fuck you. <laughs> Anywho. We're gonna go with Floyd Mayweather. Oh, come on. Okay. Um, Dennis Rodman. And of course... Pat McAfee. See? I think I'm gonna kill Pat McAfee. No, that... I'm gonna fuck Pat McAfee. I'm gonna <laughs> wear a baseball bat up his ass. I'm... That's how much I hate him. I'm going to hate him until the point of no <laughs> Shoot Dennis Rodman in the goddamn dome because he was nothing more than a fucking drug addict. And I'll marry Floyd Mayweather because he's a millionaire and he would probably I basically just wanted to hear you rant about Pat McAfee, Paul. But that's why you love me. Next week on the podcast, review of SummerSlam 2020. And then the week after that, we are going to do uh, something maybe semi-recurring, maybe. Uh... A debate segment. We're going to do debates on different, either controversial topics or just topics in general that people think that they have the knowledge on and just want to talk about it. I will. I will try to be. We will both be trying to find different people who have different controversial topics on everything and different mindsets than what we do, so we can have debates on it. Um, but in two weeks' time, we will be doing was the Undertaker's loss at WrestleMania. Biggest black guy on the industry. Um, my opinion is, it's wrestling, you take whatever it is, and we were going to be having a guest on Jimmy. He thinks that it's the worst thing that ever happened, just because even Taker says it, Vince says it, everybody says it, and it should have never have happened, and that it didn't bring anything to the business afterwards. Only thing I'm, I'm going to say on the matter, because I'm, I'm going to save the rest of it for then, I think somebody else should have been the one to beat Taker's streak if it was ever going to be broken. But I'll save more on that for when we get to that. Right. So in two weeks' time, we're going to have that debate. And then next week, we're going to do SummerSlam. And we're going to try to keep on doing stuff so that you guys have, you know, content to listen to. But for that, I am pissed off. Ready to kill Pat McAfee. And just, here, here I am just sitting enjoying the match. You're, you're there prodding and poking the bear, you son of a bitch. I know. With that, I'm Cody, that's Steve. You guys have a good week.